Thanks for joining us. It is Thursday, November 4th, 2021. A very happy National Men Make Dinner Day to you, Kelly Collis. What? That is so sexist. <laughs> when was that day story. created? Like um, in the 50s? Totally. Jeez. Around the time of TV dinners and watching things in front of the tube. Give me but, a break. You know, I mean, I hope you don't consider me sexist, Kelly, but every day is Men Make Dinner Day in my house. Well, okay, then it's a little homophobic, too. <laughs> Broadcasting around the Beltway and beyond, it's Tommy and Kelly made in D.C. on the Real Fun D.C. channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcast. Let's get him, Kelly. Down with the patriarchy. <laughs> Jeez. I'm not going to celebrate that day. We got a lot to get to this morning. Uh, Kevin Hart surprised everybody. American Girl dolls are trying to clean up the Anacostia. There is a giant five-block red-eyed night market, a pop-up first of its kind, coming to Pennsylvania Avenue on Saturday night. We're going to get all the scoop. Plus, Lady Gaga in House of Gucci, the movie that's coming out. I'm going to make it D.C. Ooh, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. I'll find a way, Kel. Let's get started with Squid Game, though, because you brought me into this world, and my goodness, I hate you for it. But I also kind of love <laughs> I you <didn't>... for it. <laughs> I, millions and millions of people all around the globe have gotten into it. Yeah, so but you're the one who me. influences me the most, Kelly. You tell me to do something, <laughs> and then I feel like I have FOMO, I'm missing out on something, and then I do it, and this is how we get to this place. Every... It's happened repeatedly this way for the last 10 years. Okay. Well, I will tell you that it wouldn't have been my cup of tea. But I was having a bonding experience with my almost 18-year-old. We were looking at colleges. We got stuck in the Southwest nightmare a couple of weeks ago. And we're on a plane with a couple of devices. And he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, let's do what? He's like, let's let's binge watch uh, uh, Squid Game. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's if you don't like violence, the show is definitely not for you. But there is a lot of meaning about relationships and your values as a human being and where you come from. That right? is very true. And <laughs> the first episode is really slow. I tried to watch the first episode a couple of times and I was like, this is stupid. And then you get to, into this, like the second episode and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. The first episode, isn't that the first episode, Red Light, Green Light? I don't think they get quite that far. Oh, okay. I think that happens in the beginning of the second episode. There's okay. a lot of like slapping and like blue card, red card situations. But as oh, you that's can right. Imagine this entire right. uh, like internet economy has come out of Squid Game, where all these people are are have become like conspiracy theorists about Squid Game, and they have like spoilers, and they're trying to find hidden meanings in the show because the creators of the show um, put a lot of thought into it, and it's been translated. I think you told me this, Kelly, across the Netflix platform in like 50 different languages. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if 50 is the right, but it's like a lot of languages. Um, also, it's um, rumored, although it hasn't been announced, that there is, is a second season. Mm -hmm. So you have time to like, you know, catch up and figure it all out. But you're right. The first episode starts off really slow because it's setting up the personalities and where they come from before they enter into a very competitive game. Very rich plot development on it, too. I guess you would describe it if you're not if for some reason you're not aware of what Squid Game is. It's this show where um people in korea who are in massive debt and down on their luck are sort of recruited to come play this mysterious game and then a lot of people die <laughs> is basically right, and, what you well, need to know 
And Squid Game is the name of a very popular children's game in Korea. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that theme sort of carries throughout all the episodes as they play um, children's games for very high stakes. <laughs> That's an excellent way to describe it. That is, <laughs> yes. And then there are twists and turns and all kinds of things. So um, we, you have sent me down the rabbit hole of Squid Game Conspiracy TikTok because that's the thing that exists. Uh, yeah, this is just one of many that are on TikTok. And it's really cool because they kind of find these little nuggets all throughout the episodes and piece them together in a plot. And once you get into Squid Game, the the like, basically like the staff, like the lifeguards of Squid Game are all in these red, pinkish jumpsuits. You don't see their faces. You can tell their rank of like, manager assistant manager and like cashier based on the the shape that's on their face and these guys have all of these theories and millions of views about so it. there's another crazy theory about the show squid games dude i love squid games okay don't you think it's kind of weird how we never see how like the red suited workers get hired or picked yeah it's weird how they never explain where they come from okay so remember when the guy in the subway tells gion do you want to play a game and gion has to pick a color to play dachi now he gives gion a choice where there's the red card or the blue card and gion picks blue right so there's a theory going around that the color you pick determines the role you play in squid games wait what do you mean so since gion picked the blue card he woke up as a player right wearing like that greenish blue jumpsuit but if he were to pick red then he would have woke up as a worker in the red and like this helmet because just like the players right the workers are also number two. Oh, so all the contestants must always pick blue and the workers are the red cards yeah what they said <laughs> <laughs> so i'm guessing in the second season we're gonna learn uh the the red suits uh their backstory I hope not. I don't want to see like the Red Suits <laughs> break room where they're like having ramen in between Squid Games. I don't want to see that. I like them being mysterious and weird. Uh, um, yeah. Well, uh, it is certainly. I think after you watch Squid Game, watch this TikTok because it, it it's really interesting how they weave together. There's all sorts of uh, conspiracy theories in it. I love it. You had promised me you would send me this conspiracy TikTok, and you're, I was like, okay, great. I finished it. You sent it to me. I watched, I watched probably 20 of them this morning, which was time that I did not budget into my day. So just a heads <laughs> up, if you do go down the rabbit hole of Squid Game conspiracy TikTok, just budget your time wisely, folks. That's all I got to say. Yes, yes, yes. Um, very cool, though. I'm glad that you watched it, Tommy, and I hope you had some weird dreams. Oh, yes. More so than <laughs> usual. <laughs> okay. So Kevin Hart was uh, in town? How did we miss this? Yeah, so I saw it on uh, Instagram, the DC Improv, which, you know, we love and is sort of an institution here in DC, posted that he came through as a pop-up to work on new material. Uh, and they put it on their Instagram and they were very cute. They, you know, he was not announced, but they said, you know, we have a text uh, group that we text when things like this happen, which pre-COVID days at the improv, I mean, it's sort of legendary here. Totally. Um, that would happen on a regular basis. But to have Kevin Hart come through full house, did a couple of shows to work on new material. If you're on the text list, you know, you know. That is so awesome. Yeah. So really cool. And I guess, Tommy, you found out that he was in town, uh, I guess, for another gig. Um, and so, you know, he's like, well, why not walk down? Maybe he was staying at the Mayflower, went across the street and. Right. You know. He's knocked on the door. Hey, can I uh, try some things out? Um, For he sure. He was in town too. Uh, he was over in Southeast um, doing a financial literacy campaign. I guess he's a, a, a influencer for or works with Chase Bank. And so there was a big like financial health seminar uh, over there. That is um, really cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's how I knew about it. Literally on Instagram, it was served up to me. So 
That's good awesome. for the improv too, because I know that they got hit. They were one of the sort of the small businesses, like a lot of these restaurants that got hit hard. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good to see like things like that come up and, and that they were able to survive and, and carry on. And I mean, hanging on by a thread because the DC yeah. improv couldn't do like takeout comedy, right? right. <laughs> they, they did some virtual programming and that sort of thing, but they were they were really hurt hard because they they yes. have a, a restaurant, but it's not like you don't go there for the food. Um, nope. And they couldn't do shows forever. And so I'm so glad to see that they're back. And I'm so glad to see that the DC Improv is rocking. For sure. And they also have like that history too. You know, you've had Chris Rock and Seinfeld and Ellen and like these like, giants of comedy. The greatest community ever lived. Kathleen Madigan also has done there. <laughs> and so um, like they, there is that like th- that love of from like the, the greats of comedy like Kevin Hart, who who would make the time to go do something like that, you know, to work on material, but also to support the improv that has supported so many comedy legends throughout the years. Yeah, well, and one more like loving on the improv. What's different when you hear about like comedians that come through like Warner Theater or some of these larger venues, like the improv is in a basement, mm-hmm. low ceilings. You are like up close and center with the comedian. You're really like brought into uh, the show as sort of like what you would think of as the stereotypical like comedy totally yeah brick backdrop and the whole deal yeah yeah these definitely check it out put it on your list go see a show at the dc improv and also look into their improv classes which absolutely changed my life i've been trying to actually get into one of their stand-up comedy classes but they keep getting sold out they're like full until december so (laughs) i keep (laughs) looking ahead of time that's good though that they're they're doing that in their book i love to see it dcimprov.com also uh speaking of American Girl Doll is trying to save the Anacostia River in a way. So I saw this in the Washington Post. There's a new American Girl Doll, which, of course, you know that I'm the like expert on American <laughs> Girl Doll around here, um, based on Sharon Dennis' wife, who's 73, um, a biracial woman who grew up in D.C., and she became a children's author. Went on to Harvard, and she's just like written children's books and done all this great things in the world. Uh, American Girl doll came to her to, to be one of three new dolls in this series that have like a DC connection. And so instead of making this American Girl doll like a senator or like a lobbyist or something like that, she is a um, environmentalist and a conservationist. And the story that goes back um, that they tell in the Washington Post and the American Girl doll's story is that um, she has a love of the Anacostia River because the author, Sharon, when she grew up, um, she's 73 now, but as she was growing up, there was not a lot of welcome love for black people at lunch counters and the swimming pools and all of those things. So she tells a story about how her and her family and many of her neighbors would spend time and spend days on the Anacostia riverbanks, swimming in the river, fishing in the river, and just taking family photos and enjoying this great resource. And then she said, you know, I went off on my life and I did great things and I never really thought about the river because it's a river, right? It's there. And she learned about the Anacostia River needing so much care now. And I love what she says in the article. She's like, I thought of the river as, as like a grown-up that didn't need caretaking that took care of others. And um, she learned through a woman who's currently working on conservation of the river. And this is where this uh, American Girl doll story has come from. So That's it's really cool. cool to see. Well, and I mean, having grown up in D.C., the Anacostia River, wow, has it um changed in so many ways and 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 we're so grateful for the city's work the the conservations that have like really made that 
river a place where you can now go for a boat ride you can i don't know about swimming we're not quite there yet but we will one day like you're not gonna um, grow a tail if you swim now but you really still <laughs> shouldn't swim in it Yes, but it is, it's beautiful. And from both sides of the river, um, from uh, where closer to Nats Park, and of course, on the other side, on the Anacostia side, it's just, it's incredible how it's, it's come so far. I, I did a, um, like a, like a boat ride with the conservationists, gosh, probably five or six years ago now, when you come in from Prince George's County and you go all the way down to Nats Park and to see like the upper watershed parts of the river that like come in from Prince George's County, it's like, I mean, it's crazy that it starts out as this like long, no. wide, calm river. And then you're like, oh, yeah. there's the Frederick Douglass Bridge in Nats Park <laughs> all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's been a lot of really neat programs that have started where they offer like free kayaks if you like also help to clean up and that sort of thing. So yeah, like you said, the, the river's the river's on the rebound, but it's got a lot of work mm -hmm. to go. And yeah. I think it's cool that American Girl Doll, like the, this woman, Sharon, who, who, who wrote this backstory, didn't make the American girl doll of DC, like something political or, you know, something around what you would obviously think of DC, even like she's not a museum curator. Like it's so interesting to have her be a river conservationist. Cause that's a story that needs to be told around here. Very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, other stories that should be told around here. Did you know Kelly that house of Gucci and lady Gaga have a DC connection? Um, I mean, there's, I believe, a Gucci store here. Yes. So, okay, so there's two connections then. Then we, okay. the second one that we got to <laughs> look into. I forgot about the Gucci store. So one um, has to do with reporting on corporations and how they try to influence Washington and the Bloomberg newsroom. What does that have to do with Lady Gaga? I, it, I know Lady Gaga's in the movie, so <laughs> you're going to fill me in. <laughs> yeah, so Gaga says she went through like extreme lengths for the role in House of Gucci, which comes out the movie in November. And she spoke about um, like transforming into her role. And she like spent a year and a half like learning the accent. And she only spoke in the accent for months. And she like, Lady Gaga, real good actress, maybe you've heard. So she went like all in on this Gucci role. I've learned, um, it's like a plain sight fact, that the woman who wrote the House of Gucci book, Sarah Forden, is from D.C. and she's a reporter here. Oh, yeah. So like her and day for job. Bloomberg? Yes, her day job is she runs the like Bloomberg team of reporters that report on like Facebook and Apple and Google and like how they try to like influence Washington. But she's also spent years like trying to decode and break down the Gucci family story. And so she wrote the book. The book is out. And then the book has been turned into the movie. Um, did you find this out on your own research or did someone tell you about this? So um, <laughs> a little bit of both. There was a boutique in like Chevy Chase. That I can't remember the name of and she was doing a book signing there. And one of my fancy friends told me about it. Okay. Oh, okay. The, the connection and then yeah. you did the research. Yeah. The okay. connection, I did the research and I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, we're trying to figure out time um, that we can have a chat about it. Cause I want to, I want to talk to Sarah about what she's learned about the house. Uh, yeah. Good luck with that. I think she's probably a little busy, but <laughs> yes. Challenge accepted, huh? Challenge accepted. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this movie is going to get Oscars and it's coming out in a couple of weeks. I just, I got to believe she's a little busy, but. And, you know, reporting on what Facebook's trying to do to screw up America. But besides yeah. that, <laughs> she'll take time for me. I know she will. We'll find time for okay. sure. Okay. 
Okay. I, I am dying to see this, Kelly. You got to trust. You got to trust that people will grant interviews and, and tell stories. Okay. All it's right. Like number 10 uh, on the bestseller list and, and, and climbing quickly. I know I've been toying with, do I try to read the book before I go see the movie? Cause I'm still not really want to go to a movie theater. Lady Gaga though. Like if you've seen that, you might not know that that's Lady Gaga in it. Cause the trailers that are out and they're playing on TV and they're all over the internet. It You're not like, Oh, there's Lady Gaga right away. Truly, I mean, yeah. You're cause one, you hear the accent. Mm-hmm. She's got this Italian accent and, and two, she's just heavily made up and in costume. And you're just like, wait a minute. You do that like, hey, wait a minute, isn't that right? Yeah. Like, I thought I read something. That's Lady Gaga. Is that Lady Gaga? And basically, they were like, hey, every artist ever or every actor ever in Hollywood, you want to be in this movie who has anything to do with Italy? And they're like, yeah, sounds great. I'm totally down. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically everyone, everyone, every, everyone in Hollywood who is Italian, has been to Italy, likes Italian food. They're all in this. Movie. <laughs> okay. Is George Clooney? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he probably okay. plays. Because like, he has a house in Lake Cuomo, so. <laughs> He's Lady Gaga's stunt double, I'm sure. He's <laughs> They're the same makeup artist. See, this is probably why you're right, that Sarah Forden, the woman who wrote the book, is not going to talk to me. Because she's going to be like, I've seen your work, you lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she just gets you. I don't know. Good luck with that, Tommy. You know, I, stranger things have happened, Kelly. <laughs> yes. More important people, less likely to have gotten me have. It's just a weird thing that's gone yes. on since 2006 in this town. I can't can't describe it. I don't know where it comes from, but sometimes it just happens. And as you've always said, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. For sure. So on Saturday night, um, DC is getting a night market, which I was not familiar with what a night market is, but all throughout Asia, there are these evening markets with some of like the best food you'll ever experience. And there's music and there's culture and there's artists. And so Peter Chang from No Kings Collective, who you've probably seen does like has painted half of the city and half of the murals in town are by No Kings Collective. He has been wanting to do this forever. Saturday night, they're closing down five blocks of Pennsylvania Avenue from like 3rd Street to 8th Street. They're doing a full food festival, 50 plus restaurants. And what's really cool about this too, the restaurants that are participating are not paying any money to participate. So normally like at the food festival, the restaurants have to like, yeah. you know, buy into it. They've made it so that the restaurants can just show up, do their thing and make money off their food. They're not trying to like hit a minimum sort of situation. And uh, Peter and I got to chat for a few minutes um, as someday Sarah Forden of House of Gucci and I will about the night market. I wanted to create something that was you know, that paid homage to the night markets of Asia, but then us adding our own flair. You've likely seen the mural work of Peter Chang and No Kings Collective around town, but a food festival is new territory. We love connecting people and we love to do things that elevate culture. Uh, And culture is not just the arts, it's music, it's dance, it's food. And Peter, as you've gone from, hey, this would be a cool thing to do someday to it actually happening this weekend on Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. Avenue, what are you most excited about for Red Eye? Um, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to eat from every one of the vendors. (laughs) You know, I've been working with Kimberly Kong from uh, Nomtastic Foods. She runs a food blog and I said to her, hey, let's team up. I'd love to to work with you and and get these restaurants on board. And the, the reception was just absolutely overwhelming. A night market is kind of built for in this whatever part of COVID we are world, but you had the idea for it beforehand. I had been wanting to do a night market for years. Um, And then with COVID happening, 
a lot of these restaurants have dealt with so much hardship, you know, tack that on to most of these restaurants are owned by, you know, Asian Americans, you know, dealing with AAPI hate, et cetera. I really want to do something that could help them out. And so the night market is totally free to show up to Saturday night, Pennsylvania Avenue um, starts at 4 p.m. and goes until midnight. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Very cool. And then that, this is a, hopefully like a new tradition that, you know, is coming to D.C. That's what they're hoping for. I was like, hey, uh, first year, why don't we go to like a community center and start there? And he's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Or like, no, no, no. Or we're one doing block. This thing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, we're doing this thing. And I was like, all right, sounds great. I mean, if you think of the footprint of 3rd to 7th on Pennsylvania Avenue, like yeah. the 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 barbecue battle that's been going on for 40 years is basically 3rd to 13th. So they're they're going to like a third of that size, which is incredible. Good for them. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, free to show up and make it happen on Saturday night and enjoy. Um, there's food. There's gonna be restaurants are doing a like a seventy foot by like twelve foot like live mural painting along the thing, and uh, you know they're they're muralists and artists, so I'm sure it's gonna be like super funky cool. It's not just gonna be like tents and hot plates. It's gonna be really yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Check that out. The Red Eye Night Market on Saturday. And uh, if you want to catch up on any of the other interesting fascinating, truly riveting DC things we've covered. My goodness, there are hours and hours and hours of it <laughs> for you to catch up. Basically like Squid Games was like nine hours of content. We have created like dozens of Squid Games for you to check out and go back and listen. <laughs> and please give us five stars, like, share, subscribe, and a nice review. You know what? Even if you feel we don't deserve it. We'll see you next time.